G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The saddest disease, the worst disease of all that any of us can suffer from, is self-delusion. Why? Well, self-delusion is a powerful force that dwells in our hearts. It's a powerful weapon that Satan uses to prevent us from receiving all that Jesus has for us and becoming all that he made us to be. Self-delusion. Today we're going to take a look at this whole self-delusion thing from a different perspective. And do stick with me because very soon I'll be telling you about my latest life application booklet. It's called Dealing with Difficult People. And I'd love to send you a free copy to help bring some healing into your more difficult relationships. You know the problem with me sitting here and chatting with you and a stack of other people about self-delusion? Well, none of us believes that we suffer from the problem. That's the delusion. But before you change channels, just humour me for a moment. Before we start with a disease, let's just go to some of the symptoms and see if you can identify them in your life. Here are some of the symptoms of self-delusion. The really big one is you keep telling yourself it's all okay, but deep down you have a nagging suspicion that it's not. People criticise you and you don't want to hear, even though in your heart of hearts you're afraid they might have a point. You've set your life on a certain course towards success and each time you hit a milestone of success, after an initial flurry, it somehow seems hollow. You're longing for something, but you just can't put a finger on what that something is. You've tried a lot of things, but nothing ends up delivering that one something that you're becoming increasingly desperate to find. My hunch is that there are more than a few people listening to this thinking to themselves, hang on, how does Bernie know that about me? Well, quite simply, they're the primary symptoms of self-delusion and they're symptoms that I'm all too well acquainted with, being as I am, a recovering self-delusionist, if there is such a word. And I reckon that the biggest bit of self-delusion that many of us carry on with is that we're disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, that may sound just a tad confronting, and if it is, know that it's meant to be. Not because I'm trying to be some self-righteous preacher telling you that I have it all right and you don't, but because I'm a fellow sinner travelling on a not dissimilar road to yours who has had the privilege of having Jesus speak into my heart about this very thing. Confronting? Yeah, you betcha. So what does Jesus have to say about your self-delusion and mine? Does he have anything there, any wisdom, any healing, any power to set us free so that we can finally find that something that we've been searching for all this time? Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. Yeah, I told you this was confronting. Jesus often is. 
He doesn't mamby-pamby around. He tells it the way it is. I know, I know. We want to think of this Jesus as some nice, soft, warm, cuddly, fluffy toy that we can cuddle so we can feel better. Does Jesus love you? Of course he does. But his love is often a tough love, a love that cuts through our self-delusions in an instant. And here he's pointing out that it's not what we say that demonstrates our faith to him, but what we do. Now, let's get this straight. You and I, if we believe in Jesus, are saved by grace. It's a free gift from him. It's not about what we do. It's about what he's done. But at the same time, our works, what we end up doing with our lives, whether we obey him or not, those works and deeds are the evidence of our faith in him or or not. So right here, what he's saying to you and to me is stop kidding yourself. If if you're saying one thing and doing another, no, you are not my disciple. And when it comes to the day of judgment, I'll be looking for the evidence of your faith. Ouch. There are some people who want to shoot me at this, but please remember, I'm just the messenger. Those are Jesus' words and not mine. In fact, he goes on, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 29. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on a rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and how great was its fall. Now, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. What an amazing picture he paints here, a picture that's meant to show you and me how shocking our self-delusion really is, a picture that encourages us, woos us to build our house on solid ground. The point of listening to Jesus and his amazing wisdom isn't to participate in some interesting intellectual exercise or or to be entertained or to have a theory lesson. The point of listening to Jesus is to drink in the power of his word and be transformed. Because when you and I take his word into our hearts, when we recognise the power and the authority with which he speaks, as those people did who were listening to him, when we let that power loose in our hearts, let me tell you, there is going to be some serious healing and transformation that starts to happen. Before we can change what we do, we need to have a change of heart. Are you a heart surgeon? No, me neither. I, like you, need some serious help. Well, Jesus speaks, Jesus heals. That's the name of this series, and that is what is ready and waiting to happen if you receive the word of Christ today and allow it to dwell richly in you. Come on, are you deluding yourself? Sure you are. We all are to some extent. The songs we sing on Sundays, the sermons we hear and nod at and say amens and hallelujahs to, so often are a million miles away from the reality of how we live. And the only person who can change how you live, the only person with the power and the wisdom and the love and the care that can transform how you live is not you. It's Jesus. So where will you build your house? If I'm honest with myself, I think that some of my foundations at this point in my life are on solid ground, and others are still built on sand. I think there are more on solid ground today than there were perhaps five years ago, but the renovation of my life is an ongoing work in progress. Just the other day I was reading God's Word early in the morning, and He confronted me about an attitude that I was harbouring towards someone. I mean, He really confronted me, because 
That's what's needed when we're deluding ourselves. The Bible has another word for self-delusion. God's word calls it a stronghold. Have a listen. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. Paul writes, For the weapons of our warfare are not merely human, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of Christ, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. See, according to God's word here, a stronghold is an attitude in our hearts, an argument, a proud obstacle that we raise up against God, and it requires divine power to destroy that. And remember here, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, so strongholds are arguments and proud obstacles in the hearts of God's people. My definition of a stronghold is that it's something that you hold on to so strong, and while you're holding on to that, you can't let go and take hold of the blessings of God. What's required to destroy these strongholds in our heart? Human weapons? No. Nothing I can say will destroy the strongholds in your heart. What's required is divine power, and that power comes from the word of Christ that you have heard today. Will you take every thought captive to obey Christ? Will you be set free by Jesus today? Well, Jesus speaks, Jesus heals. Everyone on earth has at least one or two difficult relationships, tense relationships. And let me tell you, God wants to bring healing and restoration to those relationships. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest life application booklet, Dealing with Difficult People. Because His Word is alive and active. Amen. So I'm praying that God will speak His love into your most difficult relationships through this booklet. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.